was the song Daikaiju Dai from the band Daikaiju. It appears on their self-titled album. You can find it over at their website at daikaiju.org. Or you can follow the link in the show notes over at monsterkidradio.net. That's the website for this podcast, Monster Kid Radio, the podcast where we celebrate the classic and sometimes not-so-classic genre cinema of yesteryear, and Godzilla is definitely one of the classics. We're talking about that this week on Monster Kid Radio. I'm your host, writer, producer, Derek M. Cook. Welcome to the podcast. Now, we're based here in Portland, Oregon, and we were so fortunate that last weekend, Portland's Hollywood Theater showed the original Godzilla on the big screen. This was the 60th anniversary digital restoration that's been showing up in different parts of the country here in the States, and we were so fortunate to have it at the Hollywood last weekend. It was a Monster Kid Radio crash, which means I was there with a recorder, and some Monster Kid Radio crash regulars were there as well. So you're going to hear from me, you're going to hear from Ray Jelinek, and Chris McMillan as we talk about Godzilla. Now, I'm excited because Ray had never seen Godzilla before. So I'm really thrilled to bring to you his thoughts about this movie before and after. Now we're going to get to that here in a moment, but first, why don't we go over the business here at Monster Kid Radio. Head over to that website, monsterkidradio.net. Like I said, you can find a link to Daikaiju's website both under this episode as well as under the Bands and Songs link. If you go to the Band and Songs link, you're going to find links to every band that's ever appeared here on the show. Each one of these bands has given us permission to play them here on Monster Kid Radio. So if you do go over to their website or buy their albums, let them know that Monster Kid Radio sent you. Also over at MonsterKidRadio.net, you're going to find links to our Live 365 page, our YouTube channel, our Flickr album, all of that, plus You've got our contact information. Our email address is monsterkidradio at gmail.com. And our voicemail line is 503-479-5657. That's 503-479-5MKR. Of course, you can find us on Twitter. Just look up Monster Kid Radio over there. I'm not very active on Twitter. I'd like to change that, but I just don't know what to post there when I'm already posting so much over on Facebook, on our Facebook page or our Facebook group. We have both. Like the page, join the group, get involved in conversations with other Monster Kid Radio listeners between shows, and I'll see you there. So this is our 95th episode, which means in five episodes, we are going to hit episode 100. I'm stoked. 100 episodes of Monster Kid Radio, 100 episodes of being supported by the best podcast listeners out there. I really appreciate everybody's support as we've gotten to this point. To celebrate 100 episodes, we're going to create. Monster Kid Radio's top 100 classic movie monster list. But I'm not doing it by myself. I mean, I could probably rattle off a bunch of movies. But I want you, the listeners, to be involved in this process. Head over to tinyurl.com slash monsterkid100. That's monsterkid spelled out and then 100, all one word, no spaces. Head over there and you're going to find a form in which I'm asking you to tell me your top 10 favorite classic movie monsters. And for purposes of Monster Kid Radio on this list, we're saying 1970 and before is the classic era. Fill in your top 10. I'll take the results, and on episode 100, we're going to go over all of those results and reveal your list of Monster Kid Radio's top 100 classic movie monsters. There is a prize as well. I've got a spot for you to put in your name and email address. I need it for the prize drawing. 
but I also need it in case I have any questions. Some people have entered things like Dracula, but didn't mention which Dracula is. Is it Universal or Hammer? That sort of thing. So I've just had to get some clarification on that. So fill in your list. Fill in your name and email address. We'll create the list together for episode 100, and we're going to give away a prize. Well, what's in the prize? Well, I've already mentioned that the White Zombie Blu-ray is going to be in the prize, but I have some more to sweeten the pot. Christopher R. Mim has been on the show in the past. He's going to be on the show again in the future. He is the director of what he calls good, bad movies. Actually, I don't know if he still calls them that or not. I hope he doesn't because they're not bad. They're great movies. He is the man behind the Rondo Award-winning film House of Ghosts, as well as the Rondo Award-nominated movie The Giant Spider. I don't know if the results for the Rondo Awards will be announced by the time this episode goes out. So he may have won for Giant Spider as well. We'll see. Fingers crossed. Anyway, he just released a movie called The Late Night Double Feature. It is two movies on one disc, X the Fiend from Beyond Space and The Wall People. I'm putting this in the prize package. So you'll have this, you'll have White Zombie, and we'll see if we can drum up a few more prizes between now and episode 100. The deadline for the form is May 14th. It's easy to remember. It's George Lucas's birthday. Okay, I don't know how that's relevant to Monster Kid Radio, but still... May 14th is the deadline to get the form in. I look forward to your picks and to your lists. I'm looking forward to getting to the Hollywood Theater and talking about Godzilla with Ray and Chris. And we're going to get to that right after I play a promo for something called Daikaiju Attack. This was an online serialized story written by frequent Monster Kid Radio guest Stephen D. Sullivan. Now, this promo was created while the story was ongoing, but I understand the story is now finished. But you can still go and read it. So I'm going to play that promo, do a little something else, then we'll get to Godzilla next. From a world beyond our own come the forces of nature unleashed. Daikaiju Attack, the serialized giant monster story, presented free every week on DaikaijuAttack.com and SDSullivan.com. Become a member of the Daikaiju Attack group on Facebook. Join the action today. Journey into double terror with the late night double feature. With X, the fiend from beyond space, and the wall people. A crew of interstellar explorers must fight an unstoppable alien fiend from beyond space, hell-bent on consuming them all. Will they survive? Can they survive? And on the same program, a man must fight to save his only child from the clutches of strange invaders who use their advanced technologies to steal sleeping children through their bedroom walls. Are your children safe? Two terrors to tear you apart in the late night double feature. I just followed Ray Jelinek into the darkened hall. Well, it's not too dark yet, but we're at the front row of the Hollywood Theater. He picked the front row for us. How are you doing, Ray? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Front row is the only place to be right now. Especially if you've never seen the movie before, man. How, how are you feeling? Exactly. I'm stoked. I'm completely yeah. ready to go on this one. Now, you've seen other Godzilla movies, right? I mean, this is you've seen a few? I've seen pieces. Oh. Yeah. So this is, you know, i got to go where, go where it begins. You've not even seen, like, the, the Perry Mason, the... Wow. The Raymond Burr version? Yeah. No. 
No. In fact, I was actually, I had an email exchange with my mother this week telling her I was going to come see this. And she's like, it's hilarious. I'm like, I think you're thinking of the Raymond Burr version, Mom. <laughs> but we'll see what happens. <laughs> now, you've seen things like Pacific Rim, though. I mean, it's not like you don't know what the giant monster movie thing's about. No, I know, I know what the kaiju is. So this this is the original. I, I am definitely going to get in your face with this recorder after the movie because i got to hear your thoughts, man. I'm sure. I'm, I'm, I'm very excited for this. <laughs> now, somebody who has seen the movie before and actually has appeared on Monster Kid Radio to talk about the movie in depth, Chris McMillan from The Shadow Over Portland. How are you doing, man? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm good, man. Are you excited? Oh, heck yeah. Of course you're excited. What am I talking about? It's Godzilla on the big screen, and it's <laughs> the big screen here in the Hollywood. I can't wait. I'm excited that we're actually on the big... Uh, Ground floor, big th- uh, big screen, the biggest house in the room. It's awesome. This is going to be awesome. No, when's the last time you saw the movie? Um, right before we did the podcast on it. So sometime last year. Mm-hmm. Right, same year. Same year. I've been watching a lot of the Godzilla movies, though, and I'm assuming you've watched more than just the one Godzilla. You've seen more than one Godzilla movie. Oh, yeah. I've seen a bunch, and I'm starting to watch a few on Hulu that just came in. Um, the new Blu-ray release of like Godzilla vs. the Smog Monster and all that are now on Hulu free. So nice. This is not a plug. You have to sit <laughs> through commercials, but I, don't, I have no connection with Hulu. But if you want to see the movies and haven't, they're on there. So Sony actually released four two-disc sets, and at the back of this episode, I'm going to review the first two sets, and then in two days, I'm going to review the last two sets, because I have those. I've been powering my way through them, seeing things like Godzilla vs. Space Godzilla and King Ghidra and all that. So speaking of these mother monsters, outside of Godzilla, like what's your favorite Godzilla foe? Got to be King Ghidra. I mean, come on. Three heads, lightning breath, flies, yeah. <laughs> He's... He... I... When I first saw him when I was a kid, I was just like, that is so cool. You know, just couldn't... Every time that show came on, it was like, I have to watch this. <laughs> well, I will say that King Ghidra does show up in these Blu-rays that I'm going to talk about. Uh, he's in it. Uh, there's a Godzilla versus... Well, I think it's... I forget the title. You'll just have to stay tuned, listeners, to find out. <laughs> but, uh, you know, King Ghidra's good. So what, what about, like, uh, let's say Rodan. What's your thoughts on Rodan? Um, Rodan's pretty good. I like uh, For the flying monsters, I do like Mothra a little better. Uh, uh, I'm not a big Mothra fan. I just I, I saw the first one. Um, I got lucky. Saw it at uh, the Laurelhurst Theater here in Portland on the big screen. Oh, man. oh, it was beautiful, amazing colors and everything. I mean, granted, you know, when he's up against King Ghidorah, Mothra is really not that effective a fighting monster. But the original movie is a lot of, is really good. Now, the very first one was that, like Godzilla versus the Thing. Is that the first one Mothra showed up in? No, this was actually called Mothra. Oh, that's right. Yeah, because it was yeah. just Mothra. That's right. Mm-hmm. And it sets up the corporate greed-type angle really well in that one. So that, that's a lot of fun. Like I said, when he starts fighting other monsters, eh, not too effective. Just hold on to a tail and hope you don't get thrown somewhere type thing. <laughs> so Godzilla, Rodan, King Ghidra, Mothra, Rodan. What are some other ones? Uh, Mechagodzilla. What are your thoughts on Mechagodzilla? Oh, that's kind of, yeah, kind of fun. Um, I don't know if I like the whole Mechagodzilla setup. I mean... But it's fun to watch. I mean, anytime, you know, you knock monsters into buildings, that's always fun. You know, and missile launchers and all that, that's kind of cool. I think one of his most famous foes, at least for us Americans, would have to be King Kong. And we saw King Kong together here at the Hollywood as well. So, mm-hmm. King Kong versus Godzilla, who do you take? Oh, it's not really King Kong, though, so I have to go with Godzilla. <laughs> it has nothing to do with the fact that we're sitting in the front of the movie theater with a bunch of Godzilla fans behind us. No, absolutely nothing. I mean, it just wasn't King Kong. It was a big ape. It could have been Godzilla versus, hey, the really huge ape, and it would have worked. They just threw in King Kong. Yeah, the really huge ape with a hard cider problem. 
Godzilla versus, hey, the really huge ape. I, you know what? We, we are going to write that book. That's got to be like a piece of fan fiction or something. Oh, yeah. There we go. <laughs> All right, man. Well, the movie's going to start here soon, and uh, I can't wait. I'm going to check in with Ray afterwards. want to check in with you as well just to get your thoughts. I'm sure I know what they're going to be, but have you ever seen it on the big screen? No. No, never. Oh. Yeah, yeah. I can't wait. <laughs> and any listeners in the Portland, Oregon area, if you are not here right now, if you didn't get a chance to see it next weekend... It's showing at the 99W Drive-In, and I think on your website, The Shadow Over Portland, you pointed mm-hmm. out that it is the only drive-in in America to get the 60th anniversary digital restoration. Is that right? That's what they said. That's what their uh, press release mentioned. So they are the on- this is the only drive-in in America you can see this movie at. And that's next weekend. Uh, I'm not doing an official crash because that's also the weekend of the World Horror Convention, but I might try to find a way to sneak away just because it's Godzilla, you know? Oh, Yeah. Movie's over. We're outside the Hollywood Theater. Chris is uh, doing some business, but I'm out here with Ray. Well, what do you think, man? It was epic. That was <laughs> that was a, a good movie for for 1954. I mean, I, I just keep marveling at the at the uh, the sets, you know, the actual time and effort that uh, movies of that era spent on sets and and just costumes and storyboards and things like that. Just things they don't do anymore, hardly. Was this anything like you had imagined at all? No. No, not at all. It was actually... It was better than I had thought it was going to be, yeah. Um, I mean, there was a couple parts where I had to really, you know, suspend my belief. <laughs> but then, you know, I put it in perspective, 1954 movie with a country that wasn't really versed into into the professionalism that Hollywood had at that time. And that makes a huge difference. So what they did was was stellar. This movie was full of dread. It was bleak. Yeah, it was de- I mean, aside from it being black and white, yeah, just it the the whole soundtrack was just ominous. You know, I mean, it, there was no party time in this movie, you know. I mean, it, creature coming from the, you know, the deep and just wreaking havoc on the islands is you know, you can't party with that. 
All right, so Chris is out here, man. Uh, first time on the big screen for you. What did you think? Oh, it's great. I mean, it's it's like you said, Ray. It's one of those movies. It's bleak. It's depressing. It's dark. But watching Godzilla on the big screen makes an even bigger impression. I mean, he's. It, you get the sense of how big this thing really is and, and, and how ominous everything is um, and how bleak humanity's outlook is. You know, um, we're, we're screwed in this movie. There's no way around it. Basically, towards the end, he said, you know, if we keep testing atom bombs and hydrogen bombs, we're going to, it's going to happen again. And again, and again, you know. Well, there's 20 movies after this. It shows yeah. that it happened again and again yeah. and again. <laughs> so obviously, it's a different monster. Um, but yeah, I was, I was impressed. So, the first time I saw this, I didn't know he died at the end. Big spoiler. What, were your, what did you think when you saw that happen? Well, you know, honestly, I can't remember where I saw it. It may have been on something you had posted earlier about him dying. So I was expecting it, just not with that gravity. I mean, and with the, with the special effects that they had, you know, him, you know, once the oxygen destroyer opened, and then he comes to the surface with that, you know, for that one last gasp and just gone, you know. So it was pretty epic. For either one of you, how does the fact that this Godzilla die? I mean, change what you think about the franchise. I mean, there's more than one Godzilla, obviously. So, who, who wants to? Well, they led up to it with that one statement towards the end from uh, I forget the character's name. The uh, the the professor. The professor. Yeah, I mean, he basically says there's more than one out there, and if we keep doing this, we're gonna, you know, it's gonna find us. So it kind of sets it up. Um, I find it real interesting that you know the movies seem to get a lot more action-packed as if the, you know, here you had this great, bleak, take-its-time, deliberately-paced film, and then they all of a sudden come back and go, you know, the American version did pretty good, and it was a slam-bam action film. Why don't we try that? Um, which kind of, you know, isn't... is this, It's fun. I mean, it's great fun, but, you know, I kind of miss, whenever I see this, I kind of think back and go, God, I really miss how dark these movies... This franchise started out as and I was reading the Wikipedia page about this and they said how after King of the Monsters came out the franchise went more almost kid friendly they went to draw in you know the youth uh, all across the world you know and so they went for the more action movies and that's where they went for the you know Mechagodzilla and Rodan and you know the monster fights and things like that well, the first one is still pretty bleak, too. A little Lovecrafty in the way it's set up. But the next Godzilla movie, Godzilla Raids Again, I understand they probably even started thinking about it before this one was done. And it is in color. There's a new Godzilla. There's a new monster for it to fight, a big Ankylosaur-looking thing that I cannot pronounce. Biolante? <laughs> no, it's not Biolante. Biolante's the big hybrid Godzilla Rose thing. Oh, okay. Yes, Rose. That's in a flower. Oh, all right. That's right. That's right. There's so many of them out there. I can't keep track of enemies. And the fight scenes between Godzilla and that thing are super sped up, like super fast. There's no weight to it, but it's like this almost slap fight kind of thing. There's a slap and tickle fight looking thing going on. So you're right. I mean, it does kind of go more and more kid-friendly, and then they go super dark again with Godzilla 1985, and then it starts getting friendlier and friendlier again, and, oh, there's baby Godzilla, and then, oh, now we recent, you know. So and now with with the Gareth Edwards yes. movie coming out here in two weeks, with me seeing this one now, it actually makes me even more excited to see the new one. Okay, 
because seeing from the trailer, you know, they talk about how, you know, oh, we first ran across them in 1954. You know, this wasn't created by a nuke. We were trying to destroy him. So that kind of set in, kind of a flip in a way for almost a reimagining in a way, but keeping the timeline. Sure. Yeah, I, I enjoyed that aspect of it when I saw that in the trailer. I'm like, oh, they're not just trashing it starting over. They're bringing it up to speed. I'm curious to see what happened to Godzilla in the past, you know, what, 60 years now. I mean, it's like, where's he been hiding? What's he been up to? <laughs> and Gareth even said in a, a few interviews, he said this, is, this was one of his all-time favorite monster movies yeah. growing up. So for him to have the opportunity to, you know, do his own take on it, is is an honor in and of itself. So I don't think he's going to destroy it at all. Well, one of the characters in the Gareth Edwards is named Dr. Sarazawa. So, I mean, there's a lot of reverence. And there's going to be little things here and there. We were seeing, like, the little twins in the trailer and, you know, all the speculation about who else is going to be in there. I think they said Mothra's not in this one at all. So... But they still have the twins in the trailer. That has not been removed in this international no. one that just yeah. came out, which yeah. is great. Every because... time they pan by that building, I go, hey, there they are. <laughs> Whoever they are, because like I said, I've, I haven't seen any of the other Godzillas in, in their entirety. So seeing them over and over, I'm like, okay, I have to see what it's, this is all about. It's definitely a Mothra thing, whether they're the Peanuts or the Cosmos. It's a, it's a Mothra thing. So those are the names of the twins. It's... Yeah. Well, they had the they had the world premiere of the of the new one uh, last night, or maybe even the night before, in at the Chinese Theater in L.A. or Hollywood or wherever it was. Right. And Gareth Edwards and everybody was there. And then they had there were retweets of people that had seen it, and some people were actually horrified. The movie scared scared them to death. Good. So that's you know yes. that's what I was hoping <laughs> for. So you know we'll see what happens. Yeah, I was hoping for them to get dark again. I mean, they obviously tried to do light with the film that shall not be named. Um, We call that Gino, Godzilla in name only. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I mean, obviously we're trying to do light, so maybe this will bring Godzilla back for, for, you know, another generation type thing, which we really need. I mean, yeah. We need a giant monster to scare the hell out of us, right? Yeah, definitely. (laughs) Oh, yeah. All right, well, it's starting to rain, so I don't know how this recorder's going to hold up getting this wet. So I'm going to wrap this up. Any final thoughts? I just got these flyers. Um, this Thursday, the 8th at 5 p.m., Godzilla will invade free night, free play night at Ground Control with win merchandise and VIP screening passes. Uh, you have to be 21 and older, $5 cover. And I'm going to post this, of course, at the Shadow Over Portland. So Excellent. check that out. Follow the link in the uh, at the website to the Shadow Over Portland. Ground Control, that's control with a K, dot com, is a classic arcade here in Portland. And uh, this episode goes out on the 6th, so you've got two days to get down there and check it out. <laughs> awesome. Any final thoughts from you, Ray? You know, I, I will probably want to see this again on a smaller screen, because then I can really... Because on a bigger screen, I was looking everywhere... And on a smaller screen, I can I can pick out little things from there. And, but I'm definitely going to watch it again. The Criterion release is amazing. Uh, I would probably... I'm going to have to go back and check it, but I'd warrant to say... I, I'd venture to say that the Criterion release's print might have even been better than what we saw here. Oh, okay. Really? It's yeah, pretty sharp. This was a pretty decent print. It was pretty pretty. It was pretty decent, but I think the uh, Criterion release is amazing, so... Okay. Cool. 
Well, as always, Ray, thank you for joining us at The Crash. Chris, thank you so much. Thank you. Um, by the way, Ray, uh, I haven't told you this yet. We've had a lot of good response about your Inframan episode. Excellent. Uh, we actually got some feedback that I'll be going over down the line. Might even sit on it until the next time I have you on the show. That, that sounds good. Awesome. And, and you just made me have to go see Inframan. Thank you. <laughs> thank you, guys. Another movie I have to go of see. Of course. Man, it's the worst kind of homework, man. Oh, yeah. No kidding. Big thanks to Ray and Chris for joining me at the Monster Kid Radio Crash for Godzilla. It was a lot of fun. I mean, it was a treat to see the movie. Ray picked a front row seat for us, so boom, big screen right in my face. I love this movie. It's probably in my top 25 classic movie monsters. I think that's where I would probably put it. Where are you going to put it, though? Remember, the forum, tinyurl.com slash monsterkidradio100. I will tell you that the big green guy, he's pretty high up there on the list already. He's already within the top. Well, I'm not going to tell you. I don't want to spoil it, but he's up there. All right. As I mentioned, we have some feedback about Inframan. I'm going to sit on that until the next time I have Ray on the show. I need to sit down with Ray and figure out what movie we're going to talk about with him next, what we're going to cover. I've got that Inframan feedback from a couple of different people, so I do have it, and we'll go over it next time we have Ray on the show. Well, as I mentioned when I was chatting with Ray and Chris after Godzilla, Sony has released four two-disc sets, and these are Blu-rays, the Toho Godzilla Collection, and I've got them, and I've been going through them. I've been enjoying what I'm seeing. Now, my history with kaiju films, I think I've mentioned it here on the show, but for any new listeners, I wasn't into Godzilla growing up. I hadn't watched a Godzilla movie growing up, so I wasn't really aware of the depth of Godzilla films. I mean, I think I knew more about them through the Crestwood House monster books that I've talked about here on the show before as well. But beyond that, it's not like they were in a heavy rotation on television in my area growing up, that sort of thing, which is unfortunate. Now, the first kaiju film that I saw from start to finish in one complete sitting was King Kong vs. Godzilla a few years ago at the Hollywood Theater. I wrote about this in my article, Monster Kids with Microphones, that appeared in a recent issue of Scary Monsters magazine. The Kaiju cast and the Hollywood Theater presented King Kong vs. Godzilla. I was there with Scott Morris. Tom Migler was there as well, and it was a blast. And since then, I've been going back and watching all of the kaiju films, at least all of Toho's films. Now, I've watched some of the Gamera films as well, and I do have some Gamera in me from watching it on MST3K, and I did see it projected live as well at one point uh, with a live cast, but Toho is really what I'm trying to focus on right now, just to get all the Godzillas in. I have to admit, these Godzilla movies from the 90s, I had not caught all the way up to, and a lot of these movies in the Sony releases were first-time viewings for me. Now, Godzilla vs. Biollante is not part of this release. It's not part of this set. However, it is part of the same continuity. It's the same Godzilla, and we have at least one returning character that appears in Biollante, as well as these other movies as well. And I'm talking about, I believe it's pronounced Miki. She's a telepath. She's a psychic, and she appears in Biollante, Godzilla vs. King Ghidra. Godzilla and Mothra of the Battle for Earth, Godzilla vs. Mechagodzilla 2, Godzilla vs. Space Godzilla, and Godzilla vs. Destroya. So I got to spend a lot of time with her and get to know her, and the actress who played her is the same actress the entire time, Magumi Odaka. I really liked her in these movies. She really became the connective tissue for the films for me, even though it's a Godzilla movie and Godzilla is supposed to be the through line. 
I don't want to talk too much about the stories of these films. I mean, a lot of Godzilla fans have probably already seen these movies, and as evidenced by the folks who commented on my post on Facebook, whenever I would share one of the links to one of these films on the IMDb, it seems like a lot of people may not actually enjoy the stories of these films. Well, I'm going to tell you, I found myself enjoying them, even though they're a little wonky, and they're a little... I guess inconsistent in tone, at least for this American viewer. And what I mean by that is this. I couldn't tell if these were supposed to be adventure movies, sci-fi movies, monster movies, or kids movies, or all of these things all at once. For example, in Godzilla vs. Mechagodzilla and Godzilla vs. Space Godzilla, there's a baby Godzilla. In fact, he's called Baby Godzilla repeatedly. Now, he gets called Little Godzilla in Godzilla vs. Space Godzilla, but in Mechagodzilla 2, he's Baby Godzilla. And you get to hear people yell for him or her quite a bit, Baby! Baby! Oh, by the way, I did watch his movies in the original Japanese subtitled. So, Baby! Which I'm sure probably translates to Baby or Baby in English if I had watched the dubbed version. Now, as soon as the Godzilla egg showed up, my heart sank because I thought, oh no, here we go. I do remember seeing clips of, is it Godzuki, the baby Godzilla who blew smoke rings in some of the original Godzilla movies? Well, it's not nearly as bad. In fact, I kind of liked the monster design and was really impressed when Baby first appeared on screen in Godzilla vs. Mechagodzilla. It's very well done. It's not just somebody in a suit and they're walking around or whatever. They went through, and by they, I mean the filmmakers, they went to extreme lengths to make the reveal of the Baby Godzilla very effective. I mean, right down to seeing the toes separate just a little bit, ever so slightly, as it's putting weight on its foot, and it's just very well done. I liked it a lot. Do I think Baby Godzilla should have been in the movies as much as they were? Well, no, not not for me. It didn't speak to me. However, I imagine the Baby Godzilla or Little Godzilla was thrown in for the family demographic or the kids demographic, the kids market. Because remember, a lot of these Godzilla movies, even though the first film is terrifying, they do eventually go toward kind of like a kiddie feel. I love them anyway, so don't get me wrong. I'm not talking down about these movies. I do love them. Akira Ufukabe's music is in almost all the movies, at least the ones that I'm talking about today. Godzilla vs. Space Godzilla has music by Takayuki Hattori. And I've got that score on my iPod, and I've listened to it quite a bit. Hearing it while watching the Godzilla movie, though, it just didn't seem to fit as well. Uh, in fact, there's some weird music choices and music placement. You've got a character dancing around to a radio, and you can hear the music on the radio, but you can also hear the score on top of the music. It's just a weird fit. It just didn't seem to blend as well as a Fukubei's music normally does in these kinds of movies, special effects-wise. The Japanese equivalent of the Motion Picture Academy seemed to really enjoy these movies, nominating them for awards, giving them awards. There are quite a few optical effects in these movies, Godzilla's Breath, for example, and his fins glowing, as well as some other spacey kind of effects. And when Mothra does her thing, is Mothra a girl? Anyway, when Mothra does her thing, there's some sparkles and such on the screen. Rodan turns up and does some things that involves glitter on the screen in one of these movies and then of course space godzilla there's a lot of stuff in outer space i do want to address the time travel in godzilla versus king ghidra because this seemed to be the thing that got most of the attention when i posted on facebook i was watching these movies 
Okay. Time travel. I love me a good time travel movie. Did this one do it very well? Well, not really. And while I appreciate an attempt to give us an origin story to Godzilla, and then this time travel element that's put into the movie, characters are trying to undo Godzilla's origin. Well, no, I suppose it shouldn't have worked. You know, it's tough to talk about because I feel like I'm dancing around spoiler territory. So spoiler alert. Characters go back in time to try to undo Godzilla's origin from happening, to keep Godzilla from becoming Godzilla. When they come back to modern day, the people they come back to still know who Godzilla is. And the argument is, is that if they went back in time to fix Godzilla from, you know, to keep Godzilla from ever happening, nobody in modern day would know who Godzilla or what Godzilla is. But in my head, I'm able to justify all the other characters still knowing who or what Godzilla is because... Obviously, it didn't work, and that is explained, or at least addressed, later in the movie. I I don't know. It's wonky, and it's a little, at best. But I still dug it. I still enjoyed it. And I still enjoyed these movies. Now, they're on Blu-ray, and I had no problem with how they looked. I thought they looked pretty good, and I'm actually pretty excited to have these in my DVD and Blu-ray collection. I thought the sound was great. The picture fills the entire screen, and I did try watching these on multiple screens just to make sure that things looked good on multiple setups. The one issue that I had was Godzilla vs. Mechagodzilla 2's subtitles seemed a little wonky on one of my screens. And it was a real challenge to read the subtitles while I was watching the movie. However, this wasn't consistent. This wasn't across the board. I was able to read the subtitles just fine on another monitor. So I don't know what happened there. I do think the subtitling is great. And I did check out some of the dubbing while leaving the subtitle on the screen. And it's pretty close. I mean, they tried real hard to match some words to the mouth movements in cases at the expense or even at the addition of a few lines of dialogue here or there. But overall, it's okay if you're the kind of person who doesn't like to watch a movie with subtitles. You can still enjoy the movie dubbed. But let's be honest, we're not watching these movies for some sort of deep, moving, dialogue-driven plot. We're watching these to watch the giant monsters beat the stuffing out of each other, and they do quite a bit. And it's pretty brutal at points. I mean, we see them bleed. Some of the human characters come up with ways to make Godzilla bleed just a little bit. It's pretty intense, which again makes me wonder which market this was originally designed for when they were first released to a Japanese audience. Now, the first four movies, the first two two-disc sets, have no special features outside of some trailers. It's a little unfortunate. They're Blu-rays. You'd think they'd be able to shove some more material in there, but there's just nothing here. No commentary tracks, no behind-the-scenes, no making of, that sort of thing. However, the two-disc sets sell right now for about $14 on Amazon. So for $14, two Godzilla movies and Blu-ray, good sound, good picture. It's a bargain, man. So again, these two sets are Godzilla versus King Ghidra and Godzilla and Mothra, the battle for Earth. That's one set. The other one is Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla 2 and Godzilla versus Space Godzilla. Just a note that Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla 2 was just a title that was used here in the States. It's not like you're missing something by not seeing the first one. Although, why wouldn't you watch all the Godzilla movies? I mean, that's just crazy talk. I'll talk about the other two releases in the set, which are Godzilla versus Destroya and Godzilla versus Megagirius. And then Godzilla Tokyo SOS and Godzilla Final Wars next time. (music) 
again, big thanks to Ray and Chris for joining me for the Monster Kid Radio Crash at Godzilla at the Hollywood Theater this past weekend. Man, it was so much fun. Ladies and gentlemen, if you're in the Portland, Oregon area and we ever do a Monster Kid Radio Crash that you're interested in, man, you got to join us. It's just a treat to watch these movies with your fellow Monster Kid, your fellow Monster Kid Radio listeners. Man, I can't wait for the next one. I don't know what the next one's going to be, but I do know that this upcoming weekend I'm going to be at the World Horror Convention here in Portland. I don't know if that's something that any Monster Kid Radio listeners might be interested in doing, but if you're going to be there, look me up. Again, Hawaiian shirt. I'm going to look like I'm having a lot of fun, and I'll have a recorder on hand. I'm going to try to record a little bit for an upcoming episode of Monster Kid Radio. Next time on Monster Kid Radio, we're going back to the crash. We're going back to the Hollywood. Before Godzilla started... Kyle Yount from the Kaiju Cast and author August Rigoni gave us a little presentation, a little intro, kind of the background of Godzilla, where Godzilla came from, and I learned something. I, I like to think that I know quite a bit about Godzilla, even though I'm still a newcomer to the game. I learned something, and I really appreciated them taking the time to introduce the movie the way they did. And I got permission from Kyle and August to run that here on the show, so we're going to be doing that next time. Also, I'm going to go over the other two sets that Sony put out of the Toho Godzilla collection. Like I said, that's Godzilla vs. Destroya, Godzilla vs. Megaguirus, Godzilla Tokyo SOS, and Godzilla Final Wars. Monster Kid Radio is a registered service mark of Monster Kid Radio, LLC. All original content of Monster Kid Radio by Monster Kid Radio, LLC is licensed under a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives, 3.0, unported license. Of course, that does not apply to the song Daikaiju Die from the band Daikaiju from their self-titled album. You can find out more about them over at their website at daikaiju.org. It appears on this episode of Monster Kid Radio with their permission. Talk to everybody in a couple of days. (laughs) 